Next week, WMFE News will begin airing a series called Central Florida Seen and Heard Immigration Divide. The series will explore the impact of the state's new immigration law, SB 1718, which went into effect at the beginning of July. The law has stepped up requirements on businesses to verify the immigration status of employees, has made it illegal to transport undocumented people across state lines, and requires hospitals to ask about a person's immigration status. Florida will also no longer accept out-of-state driver's licenses for undocumented people, while also prohibiting local municipalities from issuing their own IDs. Here to discuss the upcoming series are WMFE News Director LaToya Dennis and reporters Danielle Pryor and Joe Burns. So let's go ahead and jump in here with you, LaToya. Why take on this topic? You know, when we begin to think about the impact of legislation across the state and really right here in Central Florida, immigration just kept coming up. It could affect everyone in some way. So, for example, even if you and your friends and your family or your loved ones all have the proper documentation to be here in the state of Florida right now, this law could have financial impacts for you. How's that? Well, for example, one of the industries here in Central Florida that heavily employs migrants and undocumented workers is farming, right? If farmers don't have the workers or have to pay more for people to do the needed jobs, those costs could be passed on to you. Joe, turning to you now, when we talk about the immigrant population here in Central Florida, who largely makes up that population? All right, Talia, let's look at the numbers. A 2021 census survey says 16% of the people in the Orlando metro area, that's Orange, Osceola, Seminole, and Lake Counties, are foreign-born. So that includes the whole range of immigrant statuses, from naturalized U.S. citizens to undocumented residents. That's less than the 21% in Florida as a whole, but more than the nearly 14% nationwide. About 70% of Orlando area immigrants are from Latin America. 15% are from Asia, then come Europe, Africa, and the rest of North America, so so Canada. What about individual countries? Which ones are tops in Orlando? The biggest numbers come from Venezuela, with more than 8% of the foreign-born population, followed by Mexico, Haiti, and Colombia. In the Melbourne area, Jamaica rules with nearly 12%. Up the coast, in the metro that covers Volusia and Flagler counties, Mexico is number one. But in those areas, immigrants are a smaller share of the overall population, and Latin American immigrants are about half the foreign-born population. Other data from 2019 show that 6% of the children in Florida are foreign-born, and a third of Florida's children live in immigrant families. Bottom line, Talia, Mm -hmm. our immigration population is wonderfully diverse and a huge part of the Central Florida community. Danielle, bringing you into the conversation, you know, one question that I think people might still have is why was the change in law necessary? Absolutely. So Governor Ron DeSantis says that Florida's new immigration law is needed because of what he calls the, quote, Biden border crisis at the southern border. And a Pew Research Center study in June actually found just 23 percent of Americans think the government is doing a good job dealing with immigration. Republicans continue to be far more likely than Democrats to rate illegal immigration as a very big problem heading into the next presidential election. So I spoke with John Quinones, who is a Republican in this area. He's a lawyer in Kissimmee. John is originally from Puerto Rico, and he supports the new immigration law. Obviously, we come here legally, but at the same time, we're we're Hispanics, and we want to see a, a process that allows for legal immigration. 
And he'd like to see comprehensive immigration reform at the federal level. But until he sees that happen, he says laws like SB 1718 are needed. Um, you know, people that come from Puerto Rico, they also come from a border island, you know, that uh, has seen its fair share of uh, illegal immigration that that has, has strained uh, their economy as well. He says at least the new law puts the systems of checks and balances in place like E-Verify for businesses. So we're a month in at this point. What's been the response from the immigrant community? Well, because this law is so new, there's no actual data to point to, right? But here's what we do know. Even before the law went into effect, some Republicans who support the law began pleading for people not to leave the state, basically saying that this law was to scare more people from coming um, and really saying that it had no teeth, right? There was no real way to enforce this. There was no money put behind it. Danielle, you've actually been out there talking to people. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder what you've heard. So a lot of them are scared of the new immigration law and some have left the state. You know, I spoke with Sal Rosas, who's a business student at Seminole State College a few weeks back, and he's heard about families leaving the state because of the law. I I know there has been a lot of people in our community who has been reaching out asking what's the best decision for them to do. Uh, I've been having friends and family who have, you know, thought about moving uh, before, you know, the law even passed in the 1st of July. The resilience of the undocumented community has won out. For example, when he spoke about the new law with his folks, his mom and dad who are undocumented, they had this to say. They're like, we're not afraid. We don't plan on moving. Um, Yes, it'll be hard for, you know, us to see our relatives around in the U.S., But we're not afraid because we've been fighting it for the past 22 years, ever since uh, they arrived here in the U.S. People are, of course, staying off the roads unless they absolutely have to drive because of new restrictions on licenses and IDs for undocumented people. But otherwise, folks are staying here, LaToya. So... What can we expect from this series? Tell us more about what we'll hear. Sure. So already we know that some undocumented people have a fear of seeking medical help. As we mentioned earlier, this change in law requires hospitals to ask about immigration status. We're going to explore what this change could mean. We'll be looking at the possible impact on school systems. We're exploring some of the cultural influence immigrants have here in Orlando. And we'll be hearing from a multi-generational mixed status family about their concerns and how they're navigating. People really are at the heart of this series. LaToya, Danielle, Joe, I think we have to leave it here due to time. Thank you so much. But the series will begin airing at 6.45 a.m. Monday on Morning Edition. And if you have an immigration story you'd like to share, please reach out to us at tips at WMFE.org. Thanks, Thanks Talia. Talia. Thanks, Talia.